0: Would you turn with me to Genesis 1 and Acts 1? Would you turn to those two places? Genesis 1 and the book of Acts chapter 1. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, would you hold up your hand, use one of ours, turn to Genesis 1, get your Bible out, focus, get what the Lord would have you to receive during this service tonight. The Lord is... Always ministering to us the necessary equipment for us to come up to the next level. And in fact, that's why he gave gifts to men. Do you remember that? Let me read that to you. Don't turn there. But Ephesians 4, it says, uh, when he ascended up on high, he gave gifts to men. And he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And he gave them for the perfecting of the saints are you a saint yeah you either a saint or uh not saved if you're born again you're called a saint uh, do you need some perfecting some completion then God gave you and me gifts in the form of ministers gifts you know, uh, Phyllis and I are gifts to you. We are. And everybody that's joined with us around the world. We're gifts to you and for everybody else's church and ministries. Those ministers, those that are really called. Now do you understand some are sent and some just went. You know what I mean by that? Some people, I actually heard a guy one time talking about he had failed at this, he had failed at that, he had failed in business, he had failed in politics, so he decided he's going to be a preacher. <laughs> he thought there probably some easy money there somewhere. Well, he just went. And people that have any spirituality about them at all know the difference. You can tell the difference. Right? When somebody's anointed and somebody's greedy or ignorant or whatever, But I had the Lord say to me one time some years ago, I was in a uh, up north having a meeting and the Lord spoke to me about a pastor that was uh, on the other side of the country. And uh, he gave me revelation of uh, things I hadn't even thought about. He said his car is uh, inadequate. He said his car is inadequate and I'm not pleased with his situation. I thought, really? I hadn't been thinking about this man. I wasn't thinking about his church. I'm on the other side of the country. We got a meeting there. I'm thinking about that. But how many think we ought to be interested in what the Lord's interested in? Amen. Want to talk about what he wants to talk about? Because he knows. And I didn't realize it, but he was teaching me some things. And he said, uh the people there don't realize that he and his wife are a gift. That I've given them. They think. They ought to be just glad. That they get a salary. And he said. They don't realize. That I could just like that. Send them somewhere else. They're taking a lot of things for granted. I had not a clue. What kind of car he had. But I knew the Lord. Would the Lord be interested in a car? Well you can believe it or not. But I'm just telling you what he told me. Phyllis and I had just gotten our first airplane, uh, Bonanza. And uh, we were excited about it. And he said, now, as soon as you get home, you get in that little airplane I gave you, and you fly over there and you see him. Well, I thought I'd get to rest for a few days when I got home. But that's all right. And he said, when you get there, he'll ask you to speak. And when he does, you accept. Then you teach the people about gifts. And what it means. And at the end of the service. You tell them that the pastor's car is inadequate. And you tell them that you are going to buy them a new one. Unless they want to help. And if they don't do it. You do it. I thought huh? (laughs) He said and a nice one. If they don't do it. You do it. He said you bring an offering. But if it's not enough. And they don't join in to take care of it. You make it up. You do it you and Phyllis in the ministry. I thought, okay. Well, it was plain to me. It was definite in me. So it was a few days and we got through and wrapped it up and got home and just as quick as we could get some things changed around. Fueled up that little plane and buzzed over there. And, and, you know, tried not to make a big deal out of it. But hi, how you doing? Contacted him, you know, good to see you. He said, how long are you going to be here? I said, well, not long. He said, can you speak for me? I said, yeah. Yeah, okay. I can. No need making a big deal out of it. You know, why would I stop and go, "Uh uh-huh, I knew it. Yeah, I got revelation. Yeah, why would I do it? To draw attention to me. To try to impress somebody that I'm spiritual. There was no reason to. So I just, it was working out just like the Lord said. So I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. So then, you know, preparing for that service the Lord ministered to me about gifts. He said "Cause somebody, he, and of course I like watches. And uh, I happened to have the first nice watch that I'd ever had. It was, I don't know, it was a 2000 or $3,000 watch, I guess. And it was the first nice one I'd ever had. And I also had an old Timex plastic with a plastic band that I'd swim in. I'd swim in it. Fish and boat, you know, don't care about it. He said, now you'll come in and you'll take that Timex and you throw it over in the corner. But he said, you pull out that new watch off. He said, you pull it off and you're careful not to scratch it. And you put it in the little box and you put it in a certain place. I said, yep. He said, why? He said, because you value that. The other one, you don't. How you value something is revealed by how you treat it. How you handle it. And man I saw it. These guys had their pastor in a junker. I found out. It was smoking. It was leaking. It was pitiful. And uh, they didn't have a nice place to live. And they didn't have some other nice stuff. And I mean it was okay. And they weren't complaining. And they were working night and day. But just because they weren't saying anything. Doesn't mean the Lord was happy about it. And so. And so. The Lord told me, so man, I began to talk about these things. I shared about it. And then, at the proper time, I asked the pastor, I said, can I receive an offering? He said, yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to receive an offering. I don't want it to be a big one. I could see the people in the front and some of the rows looking at me like, I, I told you, Ethel, he's one of them money preachers. <laughs> see, that's what he did. He built up, now I ain't going to take a big offering. I said, I want it to be a big one. And I told them what the Lord said. And, uh, I'm telling you, the place came alive and they saw it. They saw it. God's given us gifts here. We hadn't been treating them right. We hadn't been esteeming them. Boy, they jumped on it and boy, the money came in just, I had a check there for 10,000, but boy, they made up way beyond what the vehicle would have cost and then some. So we didn't have to add any to it. And they got excited about it. And boy, they, you could tell the Spirit of God moved on the place. They begin to get happy. They begin to rejoice, right? Yeah. And they begin to realize, hey, we want to keep these gifts. We want to treat them right. And so, uh, the word of the Lord came to me. I said, now you've obeyed. Now you've responded. Now you're seeing right. Now you honor your gifts. I said, the next time I come, there'll be a lot of new cars parked out in the parking lot. And sure enough, I was a few months I was able to come by there, and there were new cars all over the place. God, they sowed new stuff, and here it was, it came back to them. Can you see that? Sowing and reaping. And it's not just about people, it's about esteeming God, respecting God. And when he, the gift of people, the gift of the word, the gift of his presence, when he does something for you and he gives something or someone to you, you should esteem it and be thankful, right? And treat it properly. That includes your wife. That was weak. That was still too weak. That includes your husband. They are a gift to you. Hmm? Hell, they don't feel like a gift (laughs) sometimes. I expect you don't feel too good sometimes. Like too much of a gift to them? No, no. They are a gift. Your children, even if they're acting like heathen, they're gifts to you. Right? From God. Value them. Esteem them. Your friends, they are gifts to you. Gifts to you. Treat them like that expensive watch. Put them in a nice place. Take care of them in nice surroundings. Faith Life Church excels in this. Amen. I said Faith Life Church excels in this. Uh, you don't always see it. But guest minister after guest minister after visiting minister that has come in. You've done some things for them. We've done some things for them. I don't know at the times that people have looked at me. Tears in their eye. They said I've never been treated like this. We had some ministers not long ago. They stood up and said. One said I've been in ministry 50 years. Nobody's ever done anything like this for me. I've heard that again and again. Nobody's ever done this for me. Well I like to hear that. That we could stop that. And put an end to that. And now somebody has. And somebody else will. Said out loud. We excel at this. We excel. At at honoring God. By blessing people. people. Amen. Amen. All it takes is a little effort and some money. People are far more precious than money and stuff. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Well, I don't know why I said all that, but I did. I'm just endeavoring to be led. Thank you, Lord. Genesis 1. We've been talking for some weeks now on the subject we're calling the moving of the spirit, the moving of the Spirit. Our text in genesis one one says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon. The face of the deep. Everybody say darkness. Darkness. Upon. Upon. the 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 face of the deep. Then what does it say? And. The spirit of God. Moved. Upon. The face of the waters. Notice the language is similar. There was darkness. Upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God. Moved. Upon. The face of the waters. Really describing the same thing. Darkness upon. But how many know. It wasn't going to be for very long. At this point. Something's about to happen. The very next verse said what. And God. Said. Let there be light or light. Be or become. And what? Well why mention that the Spirit of God is there? Moving. Hovering. Well because He is there ready. We've already seen repeatedly. That the Spirit of God. Manifests the Word. And when the Word was spoken. He moved to manifest the Word. Now the darkness that was upon the face of the deep there. Is displaced. By the light that came as a result of the spoken word and the moving of the Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? Well, how many believe also that no matter what darkness might be in a human being's life, that by the spoken word of God and by the moving of the Spirit, it can be completely displaced and light can fill that void and that place. Oh, there's so many human beings in so many dark places tonight. Oh, there are people right here in Branson, people right here in Springfield, and Arkansas and Missouri and all over the world. They are in a dark world. Even when the sun is shining brightly, they're in darkness. They live in bondage. They live in torturous mental states. But friend. The word of God is more than enough to split through the darkness. Hallelujah. And shake off the bondage. And the moving of the spirit is that anointing that destroys every yoke and removes every burden. Can you say amen? Amen. Said out loud, I believe believe in in the power of the word. I believe in the, of the in the moving of the Spirit. You know another text that we've looked at frequently. Is where he said uh, that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. The power of the Holy Spirit. And I have faith. And you have faith in the power. We believe in the moving of the Spirit. Not just in church. But all the time. Yeah. Everywhere. Right? Can the Spirit of God move in your kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. Does He want to? Yeah. Yeah. Can the Spirit of God move in your car? Or at your place of work? Yes. Yes. But remember, first we see the Word of God. Then we see the manifestation of the moving of the Spirit. Go to Acts 1, please. Acts 1, verse 8. What does it say? But you shall receive power. Man, I like that. Lord, let me preach on that. Where were we a few months ago? Yeah, I think it was. The Lord let me preach on this. I enjoyed it, man. Not, not just teach. I got to preach some. You shall receive power. Intellectual ability. Huh? Power. Oh, that ought to be something people can see in our lives. And people that refuse the infilling of the Spirit, they ought to be able, without us preaching at them or quoting scriptures to them, they ought to see a difference in more power in our life. That's the difference. Power. Somebody say power. I like just saying it. Power, power, power. What did the Lord say? You shall receive power. Oh, glory to God. It's power to preach. It's power to pray. Hallelujah. It's power to solve your problems. Power to get wealth. Hallelujah. Power to be healed. Power, power, power. Woo. We ought to be experiencing some. Power. Power. You shall receive power. When? After that the Holy Ghost. Is come. Upon you. Does that sound familiar? Huh? The Spirit of God. Was moving upon. Upon. The face of the deep. That's where the darkness was. Was upon. The face of. And the spirit of God is moving upon. The face of. And he says. You going to receive some power. After the Holy Ghost. Is come in you. No. He's in you. In the new birth. Hmm? Scripture says. If any man have not the spirit of God. He's none of his. Everybody born again. Is born of the spirit. And has the spirit in them. But this is another thing. The Spirit coming upon you in power. This is not to be born again. This is for power. This is not to wash your sins away. This is for power. 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 We're supposed to be powerful. Powerful. Not wimpy. Not weak. Not whiny babies. Powerful. I'm not talking about being pushy and arrogant. I'm talking about being... Powerful. Even when you speak in soft tones. It ought to be power. The power of love. The power of faith. Can you say amen? Amen. You'll receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come up on you. And you'll be what? Witnesses. Not you'll go witnessing once in a while. You'll be one. Everywhere you are all the time. Why? Why will you be such a witness? Come on, there's power in your life. And people can look at you and go, that's beyond them. That's something beside, that's something more than wit. Huh? That's something more than Kim. That's something beyond them. What was it? It was God. The power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Everywhere you are. Everything you do. Now notice the Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming how? Hear that. Keep that in mind. Coming upon you. Now this is not a completely new thing. It is a new thing in one way. But in another sense, it's not like this has never happened before. The Spirit of God had come on people. There's a sense in which it is new. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But go back with me please now. I'm going to take you through some scriptures. Have you got time? Can you stay with me? Go back to the book of Numbers. We're going to turn from place to place for a little bit. And let me show you some examples. Of the Spirit of God. Coming upon people. Coming on people. And why would the Lord talk to us about this? Uh, Getting us ready. Stirring us up, getting us ready to not be surprised, not be shocked when he comes on us, when he moves on us. Why do we have this series anyway? Huh? Whoever heard a camping out for weeks about the moving of the spirit and then not having any. Oh, no, no, no. Perish the thought. No, it's not like the Spirit of God's never moved around here. He's moving. Every time you hear a testimony, He moved. We wouldn't have a service worth coming to if He didn't move. He's moving. He's been moving. Oh, but He can move more. He can move bigger. He can move more often and stronger in other ways. Yeah. Numbers 11, are you there? If you want to learn about how the spirit's going to move. Then you study how he has moved. Right? You become familiar. How has he moved in the past? Numbers 11. Numbers 11. 16. Numbers 11. 16. The Lord said to Moses. Now this was quite a while back. Gather me 70 men of the elders of Israel. Whom you know. To be elders of the people and officers over them and bring them to the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with you. Did you notice it said people you know to be this. The scripture in the New Testament talks about before people are put in a helps position. Let them first be proven. Why? So that you know them. You know their character. There are a number of people running around and they think just because you pop up and tell them I'm a this or that that they're supposed to have a place all at once. No, no. It would be remiss on leaders' part to put in unknown people. You see, pastors make mistakes here a lot of times because somebody is known in the entertainment world. Did you hear me? Maybe they're a famous model or actor, or a musician, or a politician, and they come to church and they got saved, supposed to got saved two days ago. Next thing you know, they're in front of everybody. They have a leadership position. That's not right. I said, that's not okay. Because people are supposed to be proven, spiritually proven, that they demonstrate some faith, some faithfulness, some integrity, Right? truthfulness and spiritual virtues and fruit of the spirit and so he said people you know but what's he picking them for verse 17 i will come down after you pick these men and i'm going to talk with you there and i will take of the spirit which is what Upon upon you notice the language is very specific The spirit which is upon you. Now people couldn't even be born again. Back in these days. He didn't say the spirit within you. This is. The anointing. Upon him. That equips him to do this supernatural job. That God's called him to do. He said I will take. Of the spirit which is upon you. And put it upon them. Actually it's in italics. We know the Holy Spirit's him. And they'll bear the burden of the people with you that you bear it not yourself alone. I'm going to take of the spirit upon you and put upon them. Now skip down a few uh, verses. Verse 25. Verse 24 I guess. Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud. Is the spirit moving? Oh yeah. Can he still move like that today? Has he lost any of his moves? Can he move like he used to? Are you kidding? Has he lost any of his power? Hmm? We're living in the last days friends. Huh? We're supposed to be seeing the biggest things. The best things. The greatest things. Any generation any people's ever seen. Right? Right? We got to prepare ourselves. God's ready to move in some big ways and we don't want to be shocked and we don't want to be scared. We want to respond. Other people may go, whoa, 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 whoa. We go, hey, it's just God. Just God. Relax, relax. It's God. <laughs> and if they faint and fall out when they wake up, we go, hey, it's just God. Sit down. Relax. It's God. Yeah. Hey, Who ever I know you ain't, but it's God. Shush, hush. He's talking. Listen, he's moving. Let him move. Right? He came in the cloud. How many would say, Lord, uh, manifest yourself in this place? Anytime. Any way. We yield to you. This is your place. Any way you want to move. Anytime. We invite you, Holy Spirit. The Lord came down in a cloud. And he spoke to Moses and he took of the spirit that was upon him and gave to the 70 elders. And it came to pass when the spirit, what? What? Rested upon them. Could they tell it? Huh? Did they know it? When he came on them? They begin to prophesy. Now you'll see this again and again. The Spirit coming on people and people prophesying should be just as normal and natural as you and I eating breakfast or supper. Hmm? Should be just as normal and natural as breathing and walking. The Spirit of God moves on people and they prophesy. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you predict the future. People are ignorant about what prophecy even is. A Christian. Just a spirit-filled person might get up and prophesy, and a prophet might get up behind them and prophesy, and they're both prophecy, but you could tell a big difference between the two. One of them would have elements in it that the other one didn't. Simple prophecy, like 1 Corinthians talks about, is speaking unto uh, men for edification, exhortation, and comfort. It builds you up, it encourages you. It comforts you, but there's not necessarily revelation of past or future or the plan of God. It's encouraging. It's edifying, encouraging, comforting. But a prophet might prophesy, and in it could be word of knowledge, which would have to do with knowing things that nobody else would know except God. And then word of wisdom, revelation of the future, and unfolding of the plan of God. Both of them are called prophecy. But they have different elements in them. And there are different degrees and levels of prophecy. You know that. There's different levels of praying. I mean there's praying and then there's power. Praying and there's greater power. Right? I mean there's difference in preaching. Different levels of anointing and power. And so the Spirit of God came upon them. And they prophesied. And did not cease. They just kept on. Everybody say the Spirit came on them. Spirit came upon them, and they prophesied. See, they're speaking in their known language, but there's power in their words. There's inspiration in their words beyond just their natural intellect and talk. They're speaking by inspiration. Now, skip on down. Verse 26, there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. Can you imagine their mom calling them to supper? Yeah. Me? No, not me, Dad. Eldad. Me? No. And the Spirit rested upon them. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. I said, are lag going to go laugh for five minutes now? These two were part of the 70, but they weren't in the initial group and at the spot. How many know the Spirit of God can move everywhere? Right? Spirit of God can move just as quickly, just as effectively, just as powerfully on the other side of the world. These guys weren't there, but they were part of the 70 that were chosen. And the Spirit of God came on them where they were. And they prophesied in the camp. Same thing happened to them. And there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad, me dad, do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men, answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid him. Tell him to quit. And Moses said to him, Envious thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord had put his spirit upon them. The Lord would put his spirit upon them. All of them. All of, them. he's prophesying. I said, he's prophesying. As a man of God, he's speaking about things into the future now. And you can also see, you know, uh, I've told you this, that one of the, actually, in my mind, it's one of the very first things I remember as revelation that came to me as a boy. I've told you that when I was reading, I got it in my heart to read through the Scriptures, and I got to Numbers 12, 3, and it said, Now the man Moses was meek above all the men that were on the face of the earth, and the Lord spoke to my heart. That was many years ago. And he was the meekest man in his generation. And the Lord pointed out to me. He's the most used man of God in his generation. And you can see that right here can't you. Why God picked this man. And why he used him. So many people would have felt. Like they weren't in control. And threatened by this. That God uses somebody else. And they're doing what previously. You were the only one around there doing that. But a real man of God, a real woman of God, is not that way. I mean, when they came telling John, you know, Jesus' uh, his ministry is really uh, overshadowing yours. And everybody's leaving your meetings and going to his. I think sometimes we don't realize John's ministry was the big ministry in the land. Jesus was unknown in the beginning. And he, God used him to introduce Jesus. To the people that were following him. And in a short amount of time. Jesus ministry took off. And surpassed his. And people were actually leaving him. In numbers. And going to Jesus meetings. And going to Jesus ministry. And when his own followers said. You got to do something about this. What did he say? What did he say? Come on you see why God picked this man. He said this is the way it's supposed to be. He's supposed to increase. I'm supposed to decrease. This is what's supposed to be happening. What a man of God. That's why the Lord said, Among those born of women, there's not a greater than John the Baptist. And can you see this man here, when people started prophesying formerly, he was the only one doing that kind of thing. And now the Spirit of God has come, God has taken off of him and put on these men, and all these men are prophesying, operating in things that formerly only Moses was doing, and Joshua, his sidekick and his helper, he said, Hey, they ought not be doing what you're doing. Uh, uh-uh, tell them to quit. You the man. You Moses. And he said, uh, uh-uh, uh, don't you say a word to them. It'd suit me good if the whole congregation was prophesied. Let God use them. Lord, put your spirit on everybody. Use everybody. That's the heart of a real man of God and a real woman of God. And he's prophesying. Have you heard these words before? Spirit coming upon Huh? Have you heard any of this before? Yeah. Some of you are beginning to get it. Others are wondering about it. Uh, go with me, if you would, to the book of Judges. Let's go through a few more of these. Book of Judges. And the third chapter. Judges 3. We also read, you remember, in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 12 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given what? To every man. To who? See this is what God intended all along. This was where God wanted to bring us to. Where that not just two or three. Could experience the infilling. And the empowerment. And the anointing. And the spirit upon. Or prophesying. It's something that. So many times in our modern circles. People get filled with the spirit. And learn to take and prophesy. And you'll see people that just go nuts. And they think that they are way above everybody else. Because they can prophesy. And they think it's their job to prophesy to everybody that they meet. And it makes them feel like they're above. All of us are supposed to be prophesying. All of us. Oh did you hear this now? Am I just saying this or do you remember scriptures? For you may all prophesy. One By what? He told us to seek that you may prophesy. Pursue it. Now, if this sounds strange to you, don't let it go. Pursue it till you find out what we're talking about. Don't take my word for it. Get in the Bible. Study. Search. This has been the dream of God from the beginning. Even in old covenant times. He could see it. He was believing for it. He had it set in motion. That there would come a time. When not just a few here and there could be anointed and used. But all of us could know Him. From the least to the greatest. And God would pour out His Spirit upon. All flesh. And your sons and your daughters. Your handmaid. Why is he using that kind of language? Everybody. He's trying to tell you. Everybody. Everybody. Your grocery stalkers. Your flat fixers. Your restroom cleaners. Your parkers. Your truck drivers. Everybody. Everybody. What? Prophesy. And have experiences with God. Oh, can you say amen? What people have not understood. Most of you prophesying. Is supposed to be done at home. In private. That's right. Are you in the judges? Judges the third chapter. Judges three. You begin to see something here. That's repeated throughout. This book of judges. God's people were in trouble. And they'd cry out to him for help. And he would hear their prayers and answer them by raising up a deliverer. And he has done that again and again all the way down to Jesus. Who is the deliverer. Oh, can you see this now? Again and again. Well, let me sit like this. How many remember? We looked at this, we've acted on this a number of times. Acts the fourth chapter when they all came together and they prayed and they said, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be wrought and done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Well, you see the very next chapter, God answered their prayer. God did special miracles and signs that he used Peter. He used Paul. They became the hand of the Lord. Can you see this now? We pray, Lord, show us this. Give us deliverance. And God will raise up people and anoint them and give them the revelation and send them. But so many times people don't realize this is our answer. God is sending us our answer right now. He's telling us our answer right now. Here's the revelation. Here's the anointing. Well, that's what God did. He raised up. And listen to how it's described in Judges 3. Judges 3, verse 9. When the children of Israel cried to the Lord, Judges three nine, the Lord raised up a deliverer. That word in the Hebrew literally means a savior. A deliverer, a savior to the children of Israel who delivered them, even Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. Well, he came by it honest, didn't he? Caleb's a man of faith and a man of God. And that's another thing. This because somebody in your family seems to be outstanding doesn't mean you can't be outstanding. That was a little weak. We say, yeah, but God's got a special call on their life. He's got one on yours too. I just feel like I've been living in their shadow. Well, that's your fault. I said, that's your fault. Somebody's not listening to me. I'm not listening to God, I should say. You can be... Just as anointed in the area God has called you to. You're not supposed to be a carbon copy of them. You're not supposed to be a lesser version of them. God didn't make such a new creation. Hmm? Come on now. Every one of us are unique. Every one of us are called and anointed specific to God's calling. We don't have to live in anybody's shadow. Nobody if you do it's your own fault by thinking that way and believing lies no Othniel saw the exploits of Caleb and he got it in his spirit he thought well I'm not just going to sit around and hear Caleb tell stories all the time I'm going to get some stories of my own. And it's not you shouldn't feel jealous, you shouldn't feel envious, you should just believe I can have exploits too. I can have God whatever God will do for them, if I believe him, he'll do it for me. In yeah. whatever area I'm supposed to be in, I can be just as successful. Believe it. And the Spirit of the Lord, what happened? Verse 10. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he did what? Here you see the spirit of wisdom. When we say the spirit of the Lord came on them. So many times all people think is running and jumping. Or shaking and falling. But no, no, it goes far, far beyond that. The spirit of the Lord can come upon you and unfold to you wisdom to do a job. Now you are not just for that day. You are anointed day in, day out to do that job. Wisdom and grace is resting on you. And flowing through you. Because the Spirit of the Lord has come on you for this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord came on him. And he did it. And he prevailed. Hallelujah. And he delivered the children of Israel. By the power of God. Skip on down to the 6th chapter. Over to the 6th chapter. The sixth chapter, and you hear another familiar name here, verse 33, the Midianites, the Malachites, the children of the east were gathered together, went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he did what? He blew a trumpet. And Abiezer was gathered after him. And that ain't the last time you hear about trumpets. When it came time for a showdown. What did he want to do? Pull out the trumpets. What I'm endeavoring to say. Is there is such rich variety. In the manifestation. When the spirit of God comes on you. Don't try to duplicate what you saw somebody else do. When the spirit of God came on them. What's he anointing you to do? Huh? The Spirit of the Lord, you remember the Spirit of the Lord came on the prophet and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of the chariots. All was 14 miles. Out ran the king's chariot. Sometimes it is anointing to run. Sometimes it's anointing to be wise and make plans. Sometimes it's anointing to blow a trumpet. And you'll know what to do at the time, but you won't know by looking at somebody else. You won't know by trying to imitate and duplicate what somebody else did when supposedly the Spirit of the Lord came on them. The Bible, You know, oh, what's their names? I tried to think of it, and all I thought of was Eldad and Meadad. <laughs> <laughs> because y'all laughed so much about it. Who's the guys that fabricated the uh, materials for the temple of God? Aholiab and Bezalel. Thank you, Lord. Aholiab... They had some names back then, didn't they? And Bezaliel The Bible said God anointed them. The Spirit of the Lord came on. He said, I have anointed them uh, to work with metal. To work with wood. To work with fat. Would God anoint you to do a natural thing? Yes, yes particularly as it affects the kingdom of God. They see, people don't believe that. They think, well, yeah, he would anoint you to preach, Brother Keith. He might anoint some folk to pray. But me out here working with my hand, yes, yes, the Spirit of the Lord will come on your mind and cause you to know how to handle it and how to do it. The Spirit of the Lord will come on your hands. Oh, Hallelujah. And before you ever let a surgeon pick up a scalpel for you, you better pray that the Holy Ghost anoints him and comes on his mind or her mind and their hands. Anoint their hands. The Spirit of the Lord coming on their hands. We should be actively believing for this in our own life every day of the week and every night. Said out loud, the Spirit of the Lord Coming upon. Skip on over. Let's see. What is that? Six. Go to uh, the 13th chapter. Well, no. You got time for this or not? All right. Let me not rush then. Judges 11. Judges 11. There's only a couple more. Judges 11 and verse 29. Judges eleven twenty nine. Then, the spirit of the Lord what came upon Jephthah, and he did what? He blew a trumpet, huh? He ran before the chariot. No, no. He did what? He passed over Gilead. Manasseh passed over Mizpah of Gilead. From Mizpah he passed over to the children of Ammon. And you read it later. He gave them complete victory over their enemies. There is the Spirit of God coming upon to get you through situations. Isn't there? You should be actively believing God for He comes on me for me to pass through and get through this to complete deliverance. And if I have to pass through something else to get to there, to get to the next and pass through that, I will. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. We stood up and confessed, you remember a few days ago, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. Well, what is that? That's the hand of the Lord on me. That's the Spirit of the Lord upon me. Anointing me. Skip down to the 13th chapter. Now this is probably one of the more familiar ones. man by the name of... Samson. Remember him? Judges. 13. And look down. Now this is interesting. Look down in verse 24. The woman bare a son. And called his name. Samson. And the child grew. And the Lord blessed him. Look what else happened. And the spirit Of the Lord begin to move him. At times in the camp of Dan. Between Zorah and Eshter. The spirit of the Lord what? Begin to move. Begin to move on him. Now he's a boy. And a young man. And I'm sure he doesn't understand exactly what this is. But the Lord will acclimate you. And teach you. I know earlier in my ministry, the Spirit of the Lord at a certain time in my life began to move on me in some ways I was unaccustomed to. And it even alarmed me at first. But He has to get you where you're not afraid and bucking Him before you'll even work with Him. And yield to Him. It's sad that the moving of the Spirit is strange and foreign to so many of us. Because people primarily live in this natural world. And that's all they're aware of. It's just flesh and flesh and flesh. But there is a God. There is a Holy Spirit. He's real. He's not spooky. He's not weird. But He's real. But He's not flesh. And He can come on you. And He can move in your life. And we need to not be afraid or alarmed by it at all but learn how to yield to him and eventually he did it took him a little bit but after a while he realized this is an anointing to fight which is what they needed in those they needed to deliver from the philistines this is an anointing that comes on me for strength see this happened different times and we're not told what they were so it wasn't significant but I suspect it had to do with physical activity because that's how God used him later on. He'd be doing something and all at once this incredible strength would come up in him. And he'd go wow and everybody around him would go wow. And they just thought boy he's a strong boy. But it wasn't just him being strong. It was the spirit of the Lord coming on him. And eventually he learned how to yield to that. And learn instead of being afraid and alarmed to just go with it. Or y'all hearing some things in here tonight? The same thing will happen with you and I. If we'll pray and yield to the Holy Ghost. If we'll prophesy and yield to the Holy Ghost. And yield, we'll become more aware of Him. And there'll be times in our life He'll move on us. Now when He does, don't get weird. Don't get spastic. Don't get scared. Don't try to make it into something that it's not. Just realize, it's the Holy Ghost. He's moving. Teach me, Holy Ghost. Show me what to do. Show me how to cooperate. Show me how to yield to you. What's my area? What am I supposed to do? And he will. He will equip you and anoint you and I. And we see that uh, verse, let me see, uh, skip down to 14.5. Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnath. And they came to a vineyard of Timnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Now that's different than just moving him at times. Are there different degrees of this? The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he rent him. Rent means tore. He tore this lion as you would have a kid. A little bitty goat. And he didn't have anything in his hand. Now by this time he is getting the picture isn't he? There is an anointing in my life for strength. Hallelujah. Skip on down. The men of the city, you know, got his riddle from pressuring his uh, future father-in-law and his wife-to-be that never was. Verse 19 And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon, and slew thirty men of them, and took their spoil, and gave it to the guys for the riddle payment. Skip down to 15.14. Fifteen fourteen. when he came to Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loose from off his hands, and he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. There is no way a mortal man could do this unassisted. You'd be fatigued after a few men. A thousand. A thousand. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Well, if he'd do that for him there, what about you? What about you when your strength is gone? When you're in situations where you need to be a pillar to your family and you need to stand up and believe God, couldn't he quicken you? Couldn't he come on you? Yeah. Couldn't the strength of the Lord flow up in you? Yes. You shake yourself. And those things are trying to bind you and tie you up. Just break off like burnt rope. Like flax. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to Acts 2. We could take more time, but go to Acts 2. Oh, get ready to shout. Get ready to shout. We see through the judges. If we had time and we're so inclined, you'll see the prophets. The Bible said Ezekiel, the hand of the Lord came on him. The hand of the Lord. That sometimes the hand of the Lord came mightily on him. But you only see a deliverer here, a judge there, a king here. A prophet here, and you got to realize that all the millions of God's other people, no spirit coming upon. A prophet here and there, a king here and there, a priest, a deliverer. Oh, but Joel. Joel, the prophet, in fact, go back and look at it. Go to Joel. Go to Joel too. The Spirit of God came on a man named Joel. Oh, hallelujah. And he prophesied. Anybody know what he prophesied? Hmm? Joel 2.28. Joel prophesied. What did he say? When God says it shall come to pass. What about it? It's going to come to pass. It shall come to pass afterward. And there were a lot of things that happened after that. That I will pour out. Of my spirit. Do we know how wonderful this is. I. God. I. Will pour out. Of my spirit. Upon. All. Flesh. And your sons. And your daughters. Shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. What else? What's the next verse? Also, upon the servants. Now, we don't hear it like they heard it. But the crowd in those days, when they heard that, they'd have thought, huh? Huh? Servants? Only the king is anointed. Only the prophet is anointed. Servants? Handmaids? This was a shocker to them. They thought, huh? Anybody? Everybody? Upon all flesh. Sons, daughters, servants, handmaids. In those days. In what days? What days? What days? These days ever since the day of Pentecost. These days. We haven't appreciated this. We haven't seen and known what God has done for us. We look back and ooh and ah about how the Spirit came on Jephthah and Othniel and Samson. And the Spirit came on Ezekiel. And Spirit, oh, ooh, ah, ooh, I'd like to have something like that. You're supposed to be having things. Every one to every man is given the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Every man, every man. Every born again, spirit filled woman and man, child of God is supposed to be experiencing the spirit upon power in our life. And day to day, him moving on us, moving. We get ready to do something and here comes the Holy Ghost. We go, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Yeah, now I know. Now I can do it. Here's my strength. Anointed, anointed, anointed. And when people see that. They see the Spirit of God come on us and we know what to do. The Spirit of God come on us and give us the plan. The Spirit of God come on us and give us the strength. They see that power. They see power in our lives. They know it's beyond us. And it is a witness. It's a witness. It's a witness to Jesus. It's a witness to the reality of God. Going over to Acts. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say the moving of the Spirit. Spirit. Now say it like this. I have. have The moving of the Spirit. Spirit In my life. life. Regularly. 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 He comes upon me. He He gives me power. power. To be a witness. witness. Are we supposed to be witnesses on the job? And not just because we preach. And annoy people. Huh? No, it's when people see results in their life. They see power enabling us to do what they weren't able to do. Then you don't brag and say, well, yeah, I'm smart. You have to be smart as me. No, no. You give the credit where the credit is due. The Lord helped me. How'd you do that? I got help. Let me let you know a little secret. I got big help. Big, big help. How'd you do that? See, it's tempting for your flesh to take credit. How'd you do that? Well, I've been doing this a long time. and I know my stuff. You call the best or you can deal with the rest. Well, (laughs) you are about to go through a dry spell of not getting help. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So when the help comes and the Spirit moves on you and you know and you see and you do and you can and it happens and people go, oh, wow, wow. It's supposed to be time for witness. Not just telling them a bunch of scriptures but them seeing it wasn't just you. You had help. The Spirit of Jesus helped you. He's here. He's real. He'll help them. Hallelujah. Acts 2, are you there? Oh, here's when it began. Here's when Joel's prophecy was fulfilled. Oh, hallelujah. For century after century after century, only a select few, and I mean very few, of the millions of God's covenant people ever experienced the Spirit of God coming upon them and anointing them the millions and millions of common folk could only dream and only imagine what it must be like for the Spirit of God to come on you and anoint you. But it had been prophesied and it had been in God's heart all along that as soon as Jesus paid the price and as soon as people could be born again and cleaned up, He could send, hallelujah, the Holy One from on high Oh, are you here? You got your shouting clothes on? And in Acts 2. Acts 2, what does it say? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. God had been waiting on that a long time. He'd been wanting this for all his people. It never pleased him. That it was just a few elite, you know, and nobody else could experience No, his heart. Was expressed through Moses. Can you hear him? I mean that was centuries before this would come to pass. But you hear the heart of God when Moses said. Hush Joshua. No. It would suit me good if everybody had the Holy Ghost on them. Hallelujah. That sounds shocking to everybody around him. It, everybody was amazed that these 70 were doing what Moses was doing. He said would God that the whole people of God had the Holy Ghost on them. That was the heart of God. And in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, it came to pass. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, suddenly, what does that mean? As quick as God could do it. As quick as the day had rolled around and the time and the prophecy, as quick as He could do it. He didn't want to wait a minute longer. Suddenly suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. So we've already talked about the Jesus said to Nicodemus that the spirit of God is like the wind. And if you were here, we talked about that. Air is not nothing. I said air is not nothing. Pick up your hand here. Blow on it. Is that nothing? That's not nothing. That is a type of the spirit. Hallelujah! Now when you blow on your hand. Might make the hair stand up. It feels different. Depending on what it is. Well the Holy Ghost come in there. And there was a sound. And like a rushing mighty wind. What did he do? What did he do? Get this. What? Read it to me. Read it to me. There came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, Woo. and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire. And what? He come in and sat on them. Well, Whit, could you tell when I sat on you? Yeah, I believe so. Sat on them. Sat on them. Sat on them. We're looking at mode of operation here. I've had the Holy Ghost come sit on me. Get in a chair with me. I've had him come get in the bed with me. I've had him come get. What do you mean? Well, I thought you said he never leaves you nor forsakes you. He doesn't. He's always inside you. But he's not always upon you. To the same degree. I've been driving. Along, I've been flying along in the airplane. And the Holy Ghost just get in the cockpit with me. Just get in the car with me. What do you mean? All at once, I sense his presence. Just strong. I mean, I knew he was there by faith a few minutes ago. Now I know he's there by sense. He's there. He can come get in the chair with you. He can come get in the bed with you. Somebody said, I've never experienced anything like that. You can. You can. That's why I'm preaching tonight so long. You can. You're supposed to. Don't take my word for it. Search it out. 1 Corinthians 12, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Every man. Every man. Every person. Every person. Said out loud, I can have the manifestation of the Spirit of God in my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can praise God Until he fills up your room. You can begin to prophesy. And that just means speak by faith. Exhortation. You know so many times when it says they heard them speak in tongues. And knew what they were saying. They were simply declaring the wonderful works of God. You can do that. You can do that. And the more you do it by faith. The Holy Ghost will just respond to you. And then there are times when you do this. And begin to live like this. There are times he'll come in and you don't expect it. But he already has an invitation. You and he have a working relationship. He knows. He's not intruding. Now some people's lives. They're scared of him. So there's not an opening. But if you work with him enough. He knows. He has a standing invitation. He can interrupt anything he wants to. Oh are y'all with me tonight. He can interrupt anything he wants to. He can come anytime. Anywhere. He has the preeminence. He has priority. Everybody as a representation. Of yourself. And your family. But as a representation of this church. We're going to speak as a representation. Even for those that are not here. Say it out loud. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit you have a standing invitation, you have standing invitation. To move on me. To, on me, to manifest. To manifest in, me, in me. On me. On me anywhere, anywhere. Anytime. Anytime. You have, you have a standing invitation. A standing invitation. Interrupt, anything. Interrupt anything. Come in, anytime. Come in anytime. Manifest anytime. Manifest anytime. You are welcome. You are, welcome. You are desired. You are, desired. You, are you are honored among us. Among us. Hallelujah. 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 Sat upon each one of them. Said out loud. Holy Ghost. Holy, Ghost. Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. Sit on me. Sit on me. Anytime. anytime. Hallelujah. Now you know he's listening to you, don't you? He's real. He's here. Anytime. Sit on me. Anytime. Interrupt me anytime. Come in, manifest. Anytime. 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 Now he'll take you at your word. He'll do it. And they were all. Filled. With the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues. As the spirit. Gave them utterance. Some folks say well I don't believe that's for everybody. Well you believe wrong. It's just like some people they don't believe it. You know what we're talking about tonight. Well you know. God has some special people that he anoints. Well, there are special callings. But we're living in a new covenant. Where that not just a few get to experience the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. All flesh. Glory. Now, you know the story. They came down out of the upper room. Talking in tongues. Stumbling around. Must have been acting like drunk people. Remember that? And uh, verse 12. They were all amazed. Verse 11. Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues. The wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed. and were in doubt. They said what does this mean? Others mocking. There's always somebody going to make fun. They said these men are full of new wine. They're drunk. Can't you see that? They're drunk. And Peter. Standing up with the eleven. Lifted up his voice. Can you tell he's got some anointing on him? Boy, this ain't the same Peter that's outside the campfire cussing and denying Jesus now, is he? What a difference the Holy Ghost makes. Oh, somebody say, what a difference. What a difference. God, the Holy Ghost can take a little sniveling, weak confused, messed up, sin-filled person and clean them up and sanctify them and anoint them and put fire in their belly and the Word of God in their mouth and people look up and go, what is this? What is this? It's not the same man. No, it's not. It's a Spirit-filled man now. Spirit-filled woman. He said, you men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known to you and listen to my words. Now see this came off the heels of. These guys are drunk. Peter heard that. And the spirit of God came on him. He stood up and he said. No, no, no. Whoa. Listen here. Listen to my words. These are not drunken as you suppose. Seeing it's just the third hour of the day. They ain't had time to get drunk. This is that. Which was spoken. By the prophet Joel this is that this is that prophesied spoken by the prophet Joel this is what he said and he said this is what this is it shall come to pass in the last days and you and I are in the latter of these last days I will pour out of my spirit Upon all flesh, all flesh, all flesh, all flesh, all flesh. It is not supposed to be that Faith Life Church has a few spiritual people. And most of the crowd just comes and goes to church once in a while and puts something in the offering and goes home and works and tries to be just a good, clean Christian. Every person is supposed to be full of the Spirit, experiencing the Spirit of God moving in their lives. Every man, every woman, every teenager, every child. We don't have a babysitting service in the church. They minister to these children and the Spirit of God moves in these children's lives. And you can see the fruit of it. These little ones are talking faith and praying faith and sowing seed and believing for harvest. Why? They're not just doing that because somebody spouted something intellectually to them or told them something cute to do. The Spirit of God moved in their little spirits, moved in their life. It's making an impression on them that they'll never get away from. Same thing with you, same thing with you, same thing with you and me. The Spirit of God's been moving in us ever since he started this place. Right? He's been moving service after service. It had not always been just overwhelmingly powerful. But he's been moving every time. Every time. He's been moving. And you know what he's doing? He's getting us acclimated. He's getting us used to the way he moves. He's moving on us at times here and there. And in different ways. He has a desire to move so powerfully. That it's going to take some trained folks. Not to balk and not to get scared. And alarmed. Somebody say move, 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 Holy Spirit, move, move. Come singers and band, get ready to sing that. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Got any old men in here? Huh? Well, eventually, I mean, eventually if you're 100 years old, yeah, that's old. In flesh, not in spirit. You ought to be having some dreams. Young men ought to be having some vision. See, can you see what I tried to express a few moments ago? We'll have sometimes somebody had a vision and they think that they are the super spectacular person above everybody. When all of us are supposed to be having things... It's not supposed to be some oddity. It's supposed to be commonplace. Somebody said, I had a vision. You go, praise God. Me too. Huh? Let's believe God that it comes to pass, right? Somebody said, well, you know, I had a dream. Glory. Me too. Can you see this? I, got, I prophesied. You just started. Just one? One. I spoke in tongues for an hour. Well, you'll come on up after a while. Good. Do you see what I'm saying? This is not supposed to be an odd thing here and there. It's supposed to be across the board upon all flesh. Glory to God. Can you see it? On my servants, on my handmaids, I'll pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall Prophesy. Hallelujah. You may all prophesy. One by one, the scripture said stand on your feet. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voice. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord.